Last February, Jonathan and I traveled to New York City. Despite both of us having been to the city several times before, there always comes that moment when one goes to exit from the subway and there are six different exits you can take. Each exit leads you outside, but unless you know the intersection that is the direction that you're going, you won't find it. Sure, any exit will take you outside, but the exit that you've chosen might take you in the wrong direction, and it'll take you a while before you realize what's happened. We found ourselves in one of those moments, emerging from the subway to the street, and suddenly we were turned around. A man walked by us who had been with us in the same train car, and while pushing along his upright base, pointed out the cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. We were only traveling near each other for a few moments, but he saw our hesitation, and while he didn't have to, he was compelled to help. Last week, we talked about thresholds, how thresholds are everywhere, and I hope in the last week you've taken note of them as you've crossed from one room to the next or from one flooring surface to another. As we looked at our church history and our present geography, we saw how it's clear to see that we are a threshold church, a threshold congregation. Because of our location, we are constantly moving between places as we cross from one part of the city to another. And while Grandin has almost everything one needs, we do in fact have to cross a threshold because not everything is here. Or perhaps you're one of the many families who drive in, who is aware when you cross from one neighborhood to the next, from the county into the city. Outside of these necessary crossings, we as a congregation also cross thresholds because for the most part, we understand the importance of being in relationship across these arbitrary lines. These relationships help us to learn. They help us to know one another better, to see a problem out in the world, and then to come back to the church to figure out how we might address it together. As people who are constantly crossing thresholds, we can see that clearly there is need all around us. There are people who need help in a variety of ways, from a warm meal to a pack of diapers to someone needed to keep an isolated adult company. It's hard not to notice all the people who do need help. Our antagonist in today's scripture finds himself on a threshold. We see in this interaction between the lawyer and Jesus just how well the lawyer knows the law of scripture. But there's a gap, a threshold, if you will, between knowing the law and living the law out. The lawyer approaches Jesus with his varied questions. And Luke, the narrator of the story, tells us that these questions are asked to test Jesus. But in typical Jesus fashion, Jesus turns this moment around to instead challenge the lawyer to think critically about his faith. 
when the lawyer asks, how do I inherit life? Jesus replies back with a question. Well, what's written in the law? And the lawyer quotes what he knows to be in scripture, drawing on Deuteronomy and Leviticus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The lawyer gives the right answer, but it doesn't come with a gold star sticker from Jesus for getting the correct answer. Jesus tells the lawyer, do this and you will live. Because faith is never actually about knowing the right answer. Instead, faith is about trying to live the right answer incorporating the wisdom of our faith into our everyday life. So even with his first question answered, the lawyer is not satisfied and comes quickly with another question. Well, who is it that's my neighbor? And the answer comes in the parable. The answer comes from the lawyer when asked at the end of the story, Well, which one? Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell at the hand of the robbers? And the lawyer answers, well, the one who showed him mercy. Rather than offering us a nice and tidy answer to who is a neighbor, Jesus expands that definition. Anyone can be one's neighbor if they show mercy to another. Neighbor is not just the people who live on our street. A neighbor is anyone we might be traveling near, no matter how briefly we might be together. A person who we encounter, who we can offer mercy to. Just like the man who offered Jonathan and I the small hospitality in the streets of New York. And just like I hear stories of and watch you all, offer mercy, both within our building and the various ministries of RCPC, and in all the places you serve throughout Roanoke. Showing someone mercy is not a small thing. Mercy can be risky. Mercy can be costly. And it was for the Samaritan who paid for the lodgings of the man he helped. It requires sacrificing something of ourselves for the good of someone else. I wonder if this is why the lawyer asks these questions of Jesus. He's seeking clarification. He knows the law says to do these things, but does the law mean we're really to live that way too? It sounds scary. This way of living, it requires us to get to know people, to get close enough to one another to see that someone might need help. It requires us to get over our own fear and move closer when our fear wants to redirect us another way. Offering mercy to another person requires us to trust Jesus' lead in our life. Trusting that God draws us from ourselves and towards one another. And whether we'd like to admit it or not, we can offer sympathy towards the lawyer's questions, knowing ours at times or perhaps even in this moment match his. 
because offering mercy is difficult. The Reverend Andy Pryor writes of this difficulty, saying, to be compassionate when we are afraid and when we want to distance ourselves from people is heart-wrenchingly difficult. But when we are able to come near them, when our fear has been lessened, then our heart goes out to them. In the parable Jesus tells, the Samaritan does not choose to be compassionate. The Samaritan's heart goes out from him of its own accord. And this is because he has the heart of Christ in him. When the lawyer answers Jesus' question, who was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers, he says the one who showed mercy. Pryor points out that the root meaning of the word used for showed mercy in the Greek translates to do or make. Pryor writes, it is about me and my doing, and when it is up to me to do mercy, I pull back. But when my heart goes out of me, I cannot believe what I can do. God draws us out of our fear and in to our hearts, away from ourselves and our more selfish parts, and into compassion for those who we are traveling near. In a recent interview, author Liesel Shirtliff said a simple and yet profound thing. It's not hard to love people up close. It's not hard to love people up close, but it takes cultivating a discipline discipline of willingness to get close to people. Through worship, through time in a Christian community, through watching the saints who are among us, love can become our default as we practice becoming more aware of who and what we see around us. Maybe you've heard an invitation in one of the various minutes for mission. Maybe you've heard an invitation from someone you sit near about one of the many ministries that they're involved in. Maybe that restless feeling inside of you matches the restlessness of the lawyer who wasn't satisfied with an easy answer and who asked for the rest of the story. And maybe you are looking for the neighbor to help. As a threshold church, these questions are for us to keep asking. In Luke's gospel, we are not given a follow-up on this lawyer. We do not know what he does after hearing this parable and answering his own question. That ending is left unwritten. But as for us, we can know what we will do with the answers to these questions. Our hope is that Raleigh Court Presbyterian Church is a place where we can nurture disciples to be the ones who are pulled out from ourselves as we cross thresholds and be pulled towards one another. Our hope is that as the body of Christ made known here, we can hear the Spirit's call for our lives both inside this building and outside of it. Our hope is that disciples here are nurtured to notice when the Spirit tugs at their heart and to follow it, 
to travel near someone offering mercy as they go. It sounds scary, but we are not doing this on our own. We're following Christ's lead, and it gets easier with practice. It gets easier as we continue growing in our faith. As threshold people who are constantly crossing over and between boundaries, we are constantly traveling near others. It's not hard to find the people to be up close to. What's hard is how we love them. Yet Jesus encourages us to live our faith so that we can go beyond right answers and instead know eternal life in the here and now so that when these moments of offering mercy appear before us, we can step into them and offer God's mercy to others. Amen.